back with you um it's always we're we're kind of burning the midnight candle on this one huh or was it the midnight oil Why not? yeah we actually had a uh, um uh, so looking forward to this next week uh there will be a little surprise so for those of you who really like listening to us um we'll put something forward and that's actually what we were working on for the last <laughs> maybe two hours prior to starting this episode. So we're you actually, know, I, what's that? Like, I don't, I don't like lying to people, Nate, you know, the impeachment is not a surprise. Now, come on, stop. What? Huh? What? We've, we've no, been... like, you know, the pending Senate trial is not a surprise. Oh, that's true. But, He's a big kidder, folks. Anyway, um, so look out for that. (laughs) Look out for that this week. Um, As always, thank you for any new listeners and incredibly thankful for our continued listenership across um, many countries in this world. So for wherever you're listening, um, whether that be international or domestic at home, we appreciate that. And as always, head over to modstate.com com for more opinion pieces um now what do you think quick caveat what do you think people are gonna think when they first see a top 13 list do you think they're gonna get it like this i guess i don't know what do you think i mean should i and, and I'm not being snarky when I say this. Should I include that? Like, you remember the, the mod state look? Now, Sarah is right. Use a unified logo. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you noticed, like, across social media platforms, I adjusted them all to the one we use on the site. But do you think for that particular sort of thing, top 13 less, that I should use the one with... Um, the the tricolor français and you you're referring to the logo yeah that oh i would i'm not sure let me think about it you don't remember that logo i do remember that logo. logo of course i, I really like dumb, but yeah i really like that logo well i mean should i use that for the top 13s is what i mean hmm. would that kind of connect the dots maybe yeah again let me think on it for a second yeah whatever <clears throat> well right. we've got a pretty good show uh, obviously our last episode was um in the wake of the awful um really insurrection riot um at the capitol in which i believe it's now up to six five or six individuals that have passed um and some police officers 
and again it, it's the news is sort of changing all the time and as more capital um, insurrectionists were arrested um, the more the how this saga has unfolded has come to light um, has a lot of people asking a lot of questions and I think they're all fairly genuine questions as to how this happened. I don't think it's more of an I got you, but I think we're going to explore a bit of that tonight along the lines of also the shifting of power um, in the Senate and what that looks like um, in a post-Trump era. And then, of course, we got some educational and a good bizarre segment. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you got some Roswell for us. Yeah, so what I picked for bizarre... You got some Fox Mulder for us, bro, Cephas. Um, so this article was written on the 4th of January. It's at military.com. says, as part of a newly passed COVID relief legislation, lawmakers are demanding answers from U.S. intelligence agencies, agencies and the Defense Department on the potential existence of UFOs and other identified aerial phenomenon. Damn right. Uh, the $2.3 trillion omnibus approach, uh, appropriations legislation passed last month includes the Intelligence Authorization Act for Fiscal 2021, which provides more resources towards investigating, gathering, and strengthening open source intelligence collection among the agencies. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, um, well, And then some is... of that information includes what the Pentagon, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, and its counterparts known uh, know about unidentified aerial phenomenon, also known as anomalous aerial vehicles lawmakers expect to see a report on the collected ufo data 180 days from the bill's passage so Look, done 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 quick, quick caveat here and this this is actually i i'm being serious this portion of this box molder x files roswell nonsense aside not nonsense perfection aside prior to the last I say five years to be generous, but actually prior to the last two years, Navy pilots, and I, I guess there were some Air Force ones, but it was Navy, Navy pilots that were disgraced for reporting that they saw anything like a UFO. And this is and not, yeah, namely that tic-tac-shaped right. UFO. Right. Not just unidentified flying objects, but like they were implying it was alien spacecraft and they got disgraced yeah. for reporting that. So just in the last two years has the Navy created a, a reporting mechanism for them hmm. so that, oh, no, you're not all getting locked up in, you know, the seventh floor of Bethesda. Okay. So, I mean, it's kind of important they actually did do this yeah and quite frankly i'll be very curious to see what uh what's in the analysis but there i mean there's definitely i'll obviously put the link in the show notes and there's some <clears throat> pretty good videos um or at least interesting videos to watch yeah it's a there's a series i don't know if you've heard of it called the x-files starring david Duchovny and jillian anderson yeah, I have no idea what's going on there, but well, it it's going to be a little bit of that. <clears throat> so, is she joining us? What's that? Is she joining us? Um, no, just stepped <clears throat> stepped in briefly. 
So, um, so yeah, the, <clears throat> I guess the next educational piece is, um, and maybe I'll let you explain it a bit more, but it's really on how, I mean, we start looking forward to the Joe, or we look forward to the Joe Biden administration over the next four years. And at least at this period of time, we've got, um, the three branches of government that are at least controlled by the Democrats. Although in the Senate, it is, the margins are fairly slim, if you will. And we started asking the question, you know, or not really, we started asking the question, but certainly there's been speculation as to how things play out in the Senate and for the legislation that's brought forth. And we're just thinking about all those potential wild card, I don't say wild card's not the right word, but at least specific lawmakers and leaders that could create some huge impact on what gets passed and what doesn't. And then do these specific type of leaders have some sort of potential for presidential candidacy in a post-Trump GOP brand, right? And I think this is where I think you articulate much better than I do as to who those specific senators may be and and what role they have to play and what that means for their political careers. I mean, it's a very unique time <laughs> given everything that's going on. Uh, and with this fairly historical events that's led up to Joe Biden's presidency, et cetera. So that's what well. I I don't think that I articulate it necessarily any better. I just happen to be closer to um, Babylon than you, Mm -hmm. and that's that's what it amounts to. But well, I mean, we've we've talked about, for example, uh, Mitt, Mitt Romney being someone who could play a role in bipartisan. You know, I mean, we're not talking about like the minority whip or anything, but someone that could extend across the aisle that has a track record, at least with Democratic senators for um, impeaching Trump the first time. uh, And in what role does he play? And uh, other senators like Manchin from West Virginia, uh, who had has already begun to discuss his potential leadership and not necessarily leadership, but his role in passing legislation. And I think there's, I think he realizes there, there will be a lot of eyes on him at least over the next little while, uh, at least in this time, in this time period where, uh, at least the Democrats control the three branches of government. Right. And that's, that's, and I suppose, of course, for our domestic, but especially for our international listeners, you know, when they hear things about impeachment, what impeachment means is that the quote lower house, the House of Representatives, has said, "Hey, we found this person viable, or, or uh, rather, uh, guilty in our view, at least guilty enough to recommend charges." To the the Senate. So when it comes to the Senate, you've got obviously 
exponential amounts of politics at play. Um, and I'm not sure we want to get into at this point what determines high crimes and misdemeanors. But in terms of power players, as you referred to, you've got Senator Romney of Utah, Republican, and who is obviously trying to reach across the aisle. He is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the only Republican that voted to convict him of any... In the Senate, yes. Right. So the issue now is, as I think it was, what, three weeks ago, that Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, appeared on Fox News and said, even if, and this was before the Georgia elections, uh, he said, well, a 50-50 tie is no tie at all if I don't vote with the Democrats. Well, I guess you got a point there, sir. But he's a centrist who was basically speaking on the points of expanding the Supreme Court, which, again, that's not going to happen. That's, that's a dangerous game to play, obviously, because, oh, so the next time whoever's in power, we're going to expand the court. I mean, it's, it, there's it's not a realistic concern to I mean, me. I think there's, there's a little bit more precedent in terms of matching the Supreme Court with the number of circuits that there are. At least there's an argument to be made there. I don't know there's much of one to be made after. I'm actually saying this. I'm actually saying this in defense of the Democrats. I think they're cognizant of the fact that, okay, we, we've seen polarity shift. Right now it mm -hmm. seems impossible that there could be unified Republican government. You know, well, it seemed impossible in 2016. And look what happened. So I think the Democrats are highly intelligent and very well aware of the fact that, well, that's a dangerous game to play, to, to shift the, the Supreme Court. We're going to add three seats. Well, okay, so what are we going to do? Every, every election cycle, when whoever gains the majority, we're going to expand the court? I don't you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's what you're saying is, I don't think, I don't think they're dumb enough, or you, they're not. They're fairly intelligent. They're not going to make those huge political moves in order to set a new precedent of uh, what. So ten years from now, we're going to have yeah. thirty justices. Exactly. So, and I understand the slippery slope of it, but right uh, again, I I was merely just saying, at least. At least there isn't a made-up argument as of right now to, to, to expand the Supreme Court uh, beyond the argument of matching the amount of circuits. Well, there and really so isn't. the idea of, of the two new states, and, I, and I, I'm bringing this up because I just kind of want to stamp this out because there's just paranoia, just like, you know, Bill Clinton and then George W. Bush and then Barack Obama, and I guess now Donald Trump, while he might be the most viable of those four options, is going to declare martial law. Oh, yeah, with the my pillow guy. Oh, yeah. Good for Mr. Lindell. But I'm really sorry that I immediately knew how to recall that name. But 
there's this idea that, oh, so the Democrats are going to add D.C. and Puerto Rico to the states. Well, first of all, it's, it's more complex than that. Um, D.C., as you know, was never intended to be a state. It was also never intended to have 9 million people in the metropolitan area. But there, there's fiscal complexities with Puerto Rico. Right now, it's like 45, 50% of the population is on federal assistance. Well, if they become a state, by regulations, it'll be over 70% of the state, if it was a state. So it, it's not as simple as all that. And I'm saying that to say people need to chill out. The Democrats are not bringing in some horrific reign of terror. Will they likely provide greater taxpayer assistance from stimuli? Yes, more than likely. Okay. Will they expand certain aspects of the state? Yes, more than likely. And you can choose how you feel about that, fine. But the nuances that you were referring to, who became important where, I think you were quite right. As I, as you and I were texting precast, um, Senator Romney, Republican of Utah, uh, former Republican governor of Massachusetts, like I told you, 30 days ago, you were dead wrong in my mind, in the sense that Romney had any chance in 2024. Mm. Now. Uh, he's looking pretty smart. Yeah. I'm and he's you. looking like a voice of moderation. Like him or not, irrelevant. He's looking like a voice of moderation and someone who is willing to, regardless of one's position on either side of the aisle, willing to get things done and to be reasonable and to be a moral man. I think the Mormon issue as i mean that's one of the things we discussed precast i think that that now is far less of an issue yeah. um we'll see but i think mitt romney i mean think about this before january 6th donald trump was far and away the front runner for the gop nomination in 24 24 right yeah now uh not so much <laughs> yes not so okay. much is is correct not so much Mitt romney is looking like one of the the greater elements of some semblance of a moral compass in the gop like him or not doesn't matter then you go to the other side of the aisle senator joe manchin Democrat from West Virginia. I'm not entirely certain that he could be elected to the Senate today if he were, say, running for office as a freshman. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Now, West Virginia is a different sort of state. It's a kind of union leading, kind of leans that way but also socially conservative sort of state that didn't turn red 
I don't have the figures in front of me, the electoral maps, but I think it was 04. Might have been 2000, but it definitely wasn't later than 08 when West Virginia flipped Republican, right? But it's a, it's a different, you know, you see what I'm getting at, though. It's, it's, it's not as simple as, you know, these are coal miners' daughters. You know what I mean? So, uh, Joe Manchin is one of the remaining centrists in the Senate, but he's charismatic, articulate, and thinks he has a shot. Now, like I told you again, precast, a certain uh, advisor slash source we have from the Nixon administration said, look, you got to remember at any given time, 50 of the 100 senators think that they are presidential material. So it's, you got to, you got to bear that in mind. Sure. Of course. And I know that was highly entertaining for you. No, I, I thought all of it was, um, very enlightening and I think it's at least setting the stage for the next little bit of this Biden administration where they control all three branches of government and how different power players show up and not even necessarily in the presidential spotlight, but just as a you know force in in the Senate. So that being said, I, th- I thought it was also interesting um, to talk about impeachment a bit. And A, we have never seen, at least I've never been around, and it certainly has been part of American history where a president's been impeached twice. And there's different variations of what impeachment looks like. You could have a conviction, the follow-on conviction in the Senate. However, we didn't at least get that with round one with President Trump. Um, and, and so here we are <laughs> at this point where the the sen- or the uh, <clears throat> the house has impeached again and now we are in this weird position where Mitch McConnell may well at this point the senate may not even even hear or have the trial until president trump is out of office anyway so we're at this point where do we even do a trial to convict or is it largely symbolic is it even worth the time? And is the cry for accountability really linked to the actual impeachment of the president? Or is it more um, trying to keep those who helped enable the president and its perspective, however, um, held accountable? Uh, and what, what really is, is driving all of this sort of narrative and rhetoric? So that being said, I we've had a couple of, long discussions recently about the impending trial in the Senate and what it means to be able to actually convict someone legally versus how we all feel about it. And I think there is a huge moral feeling and this is bipartisan. It doesn't, it isn't just partisan, but there's this, I think there's a general mood in the country that what they witnessed was horrific and really an attack on democracy 
and that the president probably did play a bit of a role in it. However, morally, they feel like that is enough to impeach the president, to con- which convict him. Yes, that's what we mean, to, to get the president out. However, the actual legal the actual legal pathway to do that can be argued as a really hard bar to meet, right? And that it isn't that we don't want that to happen or the people that don't necessarily see the value in trying to uphold the conviction or even believe the president should be convicted, do it from the position of whether or not this is actually can be proven as a crime. Um, and we shouldn't be doing this so emotionally. And so I absolutely see the two situations here um, and in that moral feeling because I think I've had that reaction with you on the phone where I'm like, yes, the president did this. There's The president at least played a role in this somehow, even if it was from 2015 to today, played a role yeah. in, in, as a catalyst to build up to this moment. And it's like the guy needs to be gone. He needs to be. It, we need that accountability. He needs to be impeached. And you've sort of pushed back and said, "Impeached for what? Because you have to prove that really his motivation of that entire speech was to incite insurrection." And I feel like that'd be a very hard thing to do. And it's very frustrating for me <laughs> to have to almost agree with that and say, "You're right. That is a hard part." And and I wish it was I wish he had said let's march down and take care of it right now and we would that's all the evidence we would need but that's a very hard thing to prove. I agree. Um, part of me and I uh, texted my sister who is a Senator Sanders supporter. Um, I told her part of me. This is. This is probably sick to some folks, probably abysmal, but part of me would have respected him for going, and we're going right now, and grabbing a flag and marching down with him to lead the whole thing. I I think you go, I I think you know where I'm going with that. At least then I could have said, you know what? He put his own ass out there on the line. But with what we have, to meet the high bar of high crimes and misdemeanors. I watched the speech live, watched it again, read the transcript. He did say, peacefully. Whether he meant that or not, I don't know. Okay, but I do know that he tweeted before the event, as people said in interviews, that something big was going to happen. And then at the event said, we will never concede. So inflammatory rhetoric, absolutely. But as I told you, do I think, and do you think, the rhetorical you, for a second, that he thought that they were going to encapsulate the members of Congress busting out windows, and then gunfire getting exchanged in the house. I don't think that's what he intended. Frankly, I don't think he knows what he intended. I don't think he knew what they were going to do. You're just saying he shakes the beehive and just steps back. 
basically, yeah, there's there's a there's a dumpster fire there. Well, I'm gonna throw in a Molotov and just yeah, set this thing off. But the Molotov implies that he he really was took direct action. The and I guess shaking the beehive would be as well, but uh, even stirring the pot. I so yeah, sure. He knew he was stirring things up. I I think he and, knew that he was inflaming an already volatile situation. I don't think that he intended for people to be cowering in fear, surrounded by Capitol Police, while people were busting in windows. I I, I don't. Yeah, he but, doesn't have an ethos to begin and with. And that's where I say, ugh. But his super lame ass response to that he had to be pressured into 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 giving doesn't exactly build a case. That he he really was. That's not what he meant, or he was really he was really bummed out. It was happening. It was, look, we love you, we support you. Go home, please. And it's like, oh my god, listen to that. Totally genuine, you know. And again, that's is it enough to convict? Like, no, because the speech was given, right? So you can't even make the argument that he didn't try to calm them down. He let it happen but only because he actually did say something, even though it was totally disingenuous. And also, well, I mean, whether it's disingenuous or not, I don't know technically the intent of his heart, but remember the initial bar in this country is you are innocent until proven guilty. Okay. Not the other way around. So, Again, having having watched the speech live, and I mean, I, I texted you that day. I mean, I, I sent you countless, I mean, how many, three dozen pictures. And I mean, I, I wept for the better part of three hours that day, seeing what havoc was being wreaked upon our capital. But having watched it live, watched his speech a second time and read the transcript, I'm not seeing, hey, I want y'all to storm the Capitol, break in windows, and, and threaten people with their lives. I'm not grasping that. Yeah. Do well, okay. Go ahead. So, so let's, I'll, you know, I'll concede and say, okay, well, there isn't enough to convict the president. I think at least so, well, forget a court of law. Well Nate, as a caveat here, forget forget that. Okay, because I, I think you and I can both agree that high crimes and misdemeanors, this does not meet. But forget forget the law. Like what what do you really think? I think the president's an asshole. And he's been doing. He's well, been, okay. Yeah, I, he's been fomenting it for four years. I mean, you're just saying like, not related to impeachment. I think. I think, I think the president caused this through and through. I think whether it was a catalyst or the direct reason, it either way he, he created it, and and I think that that doesn't mean that we should convict him based on the way I feel or that there should be. I mean, that's just my opinion on the matter, and it doesn't really hold in court. And I think that 
when you hear pleading or or not really pleading, that's horrible. I'm going to take that back. When you hear the response from the left right now that says we demand accountability when if you know it's it's this back and forth. Hey, look, everyone agrees we need healing. Um but now all of a sudden it's hey, look, we really just need healing here. We need to move on from this. Impeachment's not going to really it's going to be divisive and and we need healing. Where the other side, the left says, well, hold on a second. Just hold on. We're just going to like forget this all happened. We're going to forget everyone's part that they played into the leading up to this insurrection. And and so it doesn't necessarily need to be the accountability of Trump being convicted. I think everyone's well aware that Trump's going to be held up in state court, civil court, federal court until he's dead. Um with with absolutely like that's he'll that that'll be enough to to be an annoyance for this guy i think it's i think it's everyone i think everyone else is it's everyone else that played a bit of a role to help move that train along that all of a sudden wants to jump off that train and say well there's really nothing to see here you know and and sort of change the narrative and I think that's where the accountability, that's, that is what people are more concerned about in, in terms of accountability than the president getting convicted in the Senate. Uh, and, well, and I don't know if that makes sense or if, no, it does. It, because now it, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of these senators who have flip-flopped and bent over and done mental gymnastics for this president for the sake of politics who now are acting like they've had enough, but they had enough at the 11th hour as the church was burning down. And well, and, and now it's okay. like, well, you know, they're, you're right. They absolutely Ted Cruz. And well, excuse me, the president of the United States has every right to, um, to pr- protest an election, but the way they went about it was to create a lot of misinformation about, the election itself. And that was, well, that was really devastating. Like we talk about healing and unity. There was a, a d- direct attempt by everyone to keep peddling this narrative about a rigged election and, and evil Democrats. And now all of a sudden, Hey, we should, we should really be talking about healing guys. We just need to move off. I've in the words of Lindsey Graham, uh, enough's enough. Like, Oh, well shit, Lindsey, we, I know we've been talking about enough's enough for the last two years. Like Jesus Christ, you guys are so shocked that this happened. We're not shocked. This has been fomented. This has been nurtured. This has been coddled up into this point. And it wasn't just Trump and the Trump family. It was everyone else that supported his ass. And that's who we want accountable. I don't know what that means. I mean, I think, I think right now, uh, the markets are doing enough with with um, um, what's his nuts from Missouri uh, is now the the Josh Hawley uh, has now been dumped by a hotel chain with his fundraising and and maybe that's maybe they'll just be sort of organic things that come up that that will feel like accountability but that I think is the overall sentiment at least on the left in terms of who they want held accountable. Um, and, and I think the mo- the biggest thing is not this wholesale rewrite of history that all these senators were sort of 
had enough of this and, and we just couldn't take it anymore. Like, oh, so the death of two Capitol police officers finally was enough for you? Like, oh, or you fearing for your life is now uh, is now enough for you? Like, okay, that's that's great. You know, and I think that's that's where that sentiment comes from. And I'm not sure I'm not sure what the answer is. I mean, maybe maybe this is one of those moments where time does heal everything. But the problem is, is politics con- continues to to move on, and and all eyes on that right now. It's it's not exactly going to be super healing. Um, but anyway, I know that's just my initial thoughts on the whole thing. No, look, you're you're not wrong. No, no part of what you said is uh, necessarily wrong. That's that's part of the difficulty here because part of the old cliche, politics is the art of compromise. But that's the real difficulty to me, and I don't have a catchy phrase or some reference to give you, but that's part of the difficulty in being someone who wants unity is there's a lot of stiff upper lip and rolling up the sleeves required, regardless of your party or where you hail from. It's really, I, I assure you, I'm sure you know this, but this is, this is what's the real difficult part of saying, hey, I want to be a unifier. And you know this. I know this. But everybody hates a centrist. Everybody hates, you know, a quote, unifier. It's it's tough to do because in this case, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, regardless of who needs to be held accountable, I'm saying this agnostically. All right, it takes a lot of, no, I'm not going to give in to that. This is what we're going to do. We're going to forge ahead in this circumstance for the good of the country. Okay, so I'm saying that to address the whole unity argument. Now, unity is not a reason to not impeach the president or convict him. So I'm I'm ticking the boxes that you and I discussed precast. That's why I said that. Sure, and I said again, I don't think that the impeachment in a conviction is necessarily as important for unity. Well, unity, as I told you precast, is irrelevant in the sense of if this person is guilty of this, I don't give a damn of disunity sure. that it causes in the community. And, and maybe they're guilty. Yeah, maybe we change the the word from unity to healing because that's the word that's really being thrown around right now. I agree with that word, but what I'm saying is I'm just ticking the boxes yes. we did. So, number two, and this one holds a decent amount of veracity for me, is pragmatism. And that is, okay, so for the first time in, I don't know if it happened in pre-World War II history, but for the first time in modern history, the president-elect has been thrown around like some sort of official title, which it is not, okay? So in the interest of pragmatism, 
the incoming president, we're really going to derail whatever it is he wants to do. And this is something for Democrats to think about, okay? Because like I told you, precast, and I'll gladly send anybody the links. We can put it on the show notes. But all it takes in the Senate, they it's an old boys club, okay? For them to have two tracks, there must be unanimous consent. Meaning, if we're going to have a Senate trial for impeachment, this is not a rumor. I can send it to you. In order for us to have an impeachment trial, and also we're going to confirm nominees, if one senator objects to having two tracks, guess what gets done? Nothing. Okay. So which is more important to you? The the royal you. Doing whatever, getting back at Donald Trump, punishing his supporters, or however you want to view it. Doesn't matter. Or doing the people's business. Pick one. Because one senator can derail that whole thing. Now, I can send you an article from uh, the almighty Politico if you need a supporting link. That's number two. Number three. The other thing too there is it it might be that one senator, but that might be that one senator's – what senator is going to go on the line for their political career and like ruin their chance at the presidency? But maybe if that senator doesn't want that, then maybe they would feel just as comfortable as voting against it. But – that's just no, that's a good point because as our you bring up a good issue as our source from the the Nixon and Ford administrations he as I told you precast said look you got to remember at all times in the Senate at least 50 of those 100 members view themselves as presidential material and that's a good point it really is as you know, Joe Manchin made his point again on Fox News before the election and said, well, in this before the, the Georgia election, he said, look, well, a 50-50 tie with Kamala Harris is a tiebreaker. Well, there's no tiebreaker if I don't side with the Democratic caucus. Because, I mean, let's get real. He knows where his bread is buttered. Joe Manchin can side with hard left ideas at his peril okay anyway i didn't need to derail number three number three the high bar of high crimes and misdemeanors that's again based on the speech of the president that i watched live watched a second time and read the transcript Based on what he said and what happened, that's that's real tough for me to make that connection. So, so fair How's enough. That- and you know, I think I wanted to bring come back to a point you talked about um, doing the people's bidding, right? Doing the people's the doing the work for the people. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and, and it may the it, yeah, it may be that that begins to happen right and there's 
we we talked about earlier about um you know relief to Americans in terms of vaccines and and stimulus that maybe doing the will of the people makes getting out of this horrific pandemic would be uh will be something that lifts us out and promotes healing broadly across the population because everyone really does need to get kids back in school and and that's bipartisan and people do need to go back to work that's bipartisan people do need to to feel fulfilled that is a bipartisan thing imagine the baby boom that's coming so you know there there are a lot of that 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 may be that time does heal that and then when election time comes around there'll be enough cannon fodder if a certain senator or or a congressman or congresswoman is up for election and let that be the sort of deciding factor but really focus on what the people need and that is will that be an, what what's that is that what we want no i'm just saying let their decisions from today in history have them defend their actions in an election cycle and that may take a little bit of time obviously for the next election to come around but let them have to defend where they stood when this all happened in dc around the sixth and 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 that will be part of the healing process as well so unless instead of what i'm saying is instead of looking for retribution for what Josh Hawley said or what Ted Cruz was doing in Georgia, let them have to defend their, let them have to defend their actions leading up to all of this during an election cycle instead of looking for retribution right now. Okay. But as, as we discussed precast, there's nothing illegal about filing lawsuits to protest an election. Well, that's what I mean. So there's nothing to do to like kick them out. Just let them have to defend their defense of the president in the narrative of a stolen election during the ner- their next election cycle. Well, should they have to? Uh, it's 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 certainly, yeah, they might have to. No, I'm saying should they? I mean, they. Well, if they okay, I mean, if they, I, I'm not saying I didn't side with any of this. You I'm, know that. I'm just I'm, I'm merely saying. L- instead of expending all this time trying to figure out how to kick Tez, Ted Cruz out of the Senate and hold him quote unquote accountable, just let, yeah, him de- just let him defend his actions during the election cycle. I mean, if, if you know what I mean, I mean, it's, I'm just, I'm just, no, I get it. Um, and, and of course all of the FBI will be doing, I mean, the number of agencies will do, be doing massive investigations against what happened at the Capitol and whatever fleshes out be. will flesh out. There will be numerous federal convictions on people that showed up. There will be, um, I'm sure that if there is any link between those people who are in, if there were anyone in Congress that aided and abetted those people, I am sure that people will be singing for lesser sentences. And I'm sure um, that if there is any link, there will be one that is found out. And, uh, and, and, where's that link going to be? Because here's here's my thing. I don't know. I'm just saying there there could there could be. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial, but no, there could be. I mean, I could have walked in the moon last week. You think mathematically possible? So what I'm getting at is, okay, 
because I mean, my I worked I worked as a page. What is that for? So, if you're a Republican and gave a tour of the House the day before, is that the link? Is that the bar? I'm I'm just asking. I don't know. I'm I'm just saying if there is a link. I am sure that the Federal Bureau of Investigation will find that link. I mean, I'm sure they will. So I'm not I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just saying that I think we will find, if there is anything that happens or there is any connection, I'm sure that we'll find over, we'll find it out through a thorough investigation. And I think as those trials start and as those, um, not, not any congressman, that's not what I mean, but to the actual people that were on the ground during the insurrection, I think that will also bring some sort of closure to at least an accountability piece, uh, it, though it be may largely be symbolic. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's that's tough. That's that's real tough because um, I don't even know that that's that that's a game we want to play. What can, can, can real? What convicting citizens of in, of beating cops at the Capitol? No, no, that's not what I was referring to. Oh no! But what what are you referring to? So, Representative Steve Scalise, first district of Louisiana, happened to got a tour the day before. And this is hypothetical. I don't know if anybody was. There from Louisiana, I'm sure there were at least one. You're saying but, hypothetically, Steve Scalise gives a tour, and then for those thugs, the next day, people, citizens, turn thugs, are part of that. So we're gonna target Steve Scalise. You see what I'm getting at? I mean, I'm not the one that's suggesting that that's what happened. I'm just saying if there had been some recent allegations that there had been inside help. And I'm saying, I am sure that if that is true, the FBI will find that out because I'm sure that they are, would be dangling reduced sentences for insurrection, sedition charges and murder charges against DC Capitol cops. I'm pretty sure you could motivate somebody to provide any information they had on a link like that. I'm not say, I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying what? there's there's enough leverage that the federal government has to be no, able I'm to find being, those links. I'm not out. being contrarian. So I'm not, I'm not being contrarian it, it is, when it I is, say that. It has nothing to do with me disliking or liking Josh Hawley. It has nothing to do with me disliking or liking Mitch McC- like anyone. It literally just has to do with the potential links that are there, and no, I, I think absolutely. as those as get as those get found out, as as prosecutions begin of those people that did kill Capitol cops and and tormented uh, the public leaders, then I think that will also begin the closure and healing process as well. So, I as much as I want it. I would definitely encourage you to uh, really play the long game in terms of healing because that's 
that's going to require a lot of around the spectrum, be they libertarian, status, conservatives, progressive, progressives, um, to all want that. Um, but the prosecution of healing. Oh, that would want healing. I see. Well, I just think there's prosecute whoever. Yeah. Listen, listen, what I think happens with healing often is if you take away the irritant, there is a, there is a, a level of healing. I'm not saying you have complete healing and everyone's kumbaya and we're good to go. You're blaming Donald Trump for all that. What? Blaming Donald Trump for what? As the irritant. Yeah, I am. Are you serious? Yeah, you don't think Donald Trump over the last four years hasn't helped rile up the like there's there's literally Trumpism. He has exacerbated the system. Sure. Or excuse me, the symptom. Yeah, whatever. He's the catalyst. He's the he's the person that it certainly if it was there underlying that he got them riled up. He's the one that did that. Everything that went on the Rust Belt since the turn of the century. What what do you you think? think What he's what caused all that? So what are I mean? Okay, I I, please back up where you or explain to me where you're completely disagreeing with me here. But I'm not completely disagreeing. Take if you take Donald Trump out of the equation, you're going to see at least. Maybe a small percentage. I don't know how to quantify it, but you will see things calm down a bit. Not everything, not even 25%, but if you take away an irritant, you're going to see some sort of resolution or a bit of what you call quote-unquote healing because you don't have the – what's that? You're not taking him away. I don't care if they convict him in the Senate. You're not taking him away. That's, That's where you're mistaken. I mean, he's off Twitter. Okay. His his yeah, his most forgot. his most popular and well used method of communication. Yeah, yeah. Think they forgot. I mean, it, he's, it doesn't he's matter. He's not friends with Fox <laughs> News. He's gonna go. He's gonna what? He's gonna start a YouTube channel? No, he's been disubscribed. He he can't post YouTube. He's literally you cannot go what I'm here. He literally. I'm not here. He cannot put his message anywhere except for like, OAN and. Newsmax parlor. First of all, I am not his proprietor. Okay. So just discount that immediately. I am not arguing on his behalf. All right. But I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Silk Road, the dark web. Yeah. Of course. Don't hold on. That's where a lot of these thugs organize, and I'm not calling all of Trump supporters thugs. What I'm saying is, the more extreme elements you're describing, you're not going to suppress that. Yeah, I don't man, care but, if they convict him but, in a Senate trial. But, but what I'm saying is, Trump fan or Trump supporter in your average Trump supporter or, and I mean like Trump fan, not just GOP Trump support. The average user is not going on the dark net for communication. It's, 
it's the Fox News narrative. It's the right you wing. It's the right wing media. I mean, oh, you I say that. I'd certainly be really shocked if Uncle, my uncle, my uncle Jim is all of a sudden bought a new computer and has downloaded uh, a, subscu- uh, a, a secure VPN encryption and is now has an account in the dark web. Like, it's just you yes. Say that name. You say that, but what happens when? Oh, I don't know. Here's the scenario. See if you can follow this. Okay. So they're banned from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And oh, by the way, you can no longer download Parlor. Okay. It's not, I promise you, because I've got a laptop on it. It is not difficult nor cost ineffective to get on the dark web. No, it's not. It's actually really easy. Okay, so where do you think they're going to organize, Nate? They're going to go there because guess what? You can't track IP addresses there. So I'm saying this is dangerous is my point. No, I see your point in terms of the extremist wing. Like it's easier to track them if they're if they're organizing on uh, okay. on Facebook than they are. I'm talking You're about, about like your father and mine. I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about the general. What about your father? And my father. I'm talking about the general pulse of America is here. Okay. And by removing your father and mine. My dad's not going on the dark web, dude. I I promise you now. It doesn't matter how he feels about Trump. He could love him. My dad's not. He's my dad's not going on the dark web. I'm talking about the the class. I didn't mean him specifically. My dad's class. Not difficult to do it. But where's, I, I mean, yes, I guess my dad could go on the dark web, but I just, what I mean is the overall temperature of America can just cool off a few degrees by just removing the irritant. I just, that's, that's my problem. And I, and I know you don't want to hear this, but as my, my pre caveat, I did argue vehemently against Louis Farrakhan being banned from Twitter. Did I not? Yeah. Look, I'm not sitting here agreeing with you or disagreeing with it. I'm just saying it not. It, it has just organically happened that these specific platforms have banned him for their decision to, to ban them. I'm just, I'm merely pointing out. It's that, a big mistake. And I, I'm not here to debate the merits of whether it is a mistake or not. I'm, I'm just saying maybe okay. a bit, maybe a bit of time is what at so least not, burns, the, burns the temperature. Did I, did I, or did I not argue against Louis Farrakhan being banned from Twitter? Yeah. Okay. So with that, and I know you're tired of hearing this, like I'm sure probably Tired of hearing me rave about the Smith-Munn Act and its repeal. Huge mistake that allowed a lot of the propaganda people cried about the past four years. Well, it's your tree and you're sitting in it. But I introduce as exhibit, let's see, how many times have I said this before? The Streisand effect. And you can sneer at that all you want. But there's been examples replete over the last half decade of, oh, we're not gonna allow this 
this rally here, and yet these flyers are getting consumed on college campuses. It is a massive, massive mistake to, to relegate them to the dark web. Because I don't know if you've, have you ever browsed on there? The extremism is ridiculous, whether it's communist, fascist. I don't know anything about murder rooms. I don't care. But there's some extreme crap on there. Go ahead and relegate people that are, as of right now, rational, center-right people to that. Because you can't even download Parler. So where do you think they're going to go, Nate? They're not going to come on the, the Twitter sphere. They're not going on Reddit. Facebook and, is lost. You, you don't see what I'm getting at? I mean, I, I, get it. I know exactly what you're getting at. I'm, I, I know this is amusing. No, it's... I... Because I, I, I... left of center, you have nothing to worry about. Or if you're me... And I don't give a damn about social media. I have nothing to worry about. I mean, and I'm just saying, I was talking about the president being the irritant. Now, and I know you're talking about banning on social media, to which I say, I mean. You see a difference? His followers don't. I know. And I think a number of his followers are are fucking crazy. And I'm I'll, I'll, unpopular opinion, I, I suppose. But. In, but there's also some rather rational people. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not. Um, but okay, the, the, so idea, the idea, the mm-hmm. idea, the idea of being able to track the organization of white supremacists and domestic terrorists. Yes, I understand your point. That it, why wouldn't we just let them do it on Facebook so that we can just better, better well, monitor that, them? That's not the point. No, 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 no. That's not the point. Your point no. is, then is it a free speech, First Amendment right thing? Absolutely. Okay. Because here's the thing. But, but, you been... saw, but you saw what Amazon used as a, an example of why they wanted to take them off of their platform, at least even temporarily, so that they, they – I mean, right? Like what was presented on those apps was inciting violence and calling for the assassination and death and of leaders – Louis Farrakhan's speech against the Jews. So, so, I mean, I guess I, I get you. My I mean, is, we could just. I've defended them both. My point is, I've defended them both. Louis Farrakhan ought to be able to have free speech, and so should Donald Trump. And the issue is, when you drive them off of mainstream platforms, it ain't that hard to get on the dark web. And when you drive people to the fringes, who do you think their echo chamber is going to be? Harder elements. I, I'm serious. This is a mistake. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't decide. Like, I don't dis. I don't Stop. disagree, and I'm not. No. I'm not as naive to think that all of a sudden you're. Uh, they're just going to go away and call it quits. Like, I'm not that naive. However, I don't think. Again the average Trump supporter is going to be flocking to the dark web in between driving their kids to soccer practice in Orange County to figure out no. where the next domestic terrorist um, no. plot but is. When you, but when you share a, 
uh, a retweet from the New York Post, which got labeled by Twitter as a tabloid and flagged material, where do you think they're going to go? That's my whole point here. You just made it for me. I guess. That's where they're going to go. I, I, the average Trump supporter. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, again, I, I see your point. I don't, I don't see all of a sudden this mass migration to the dark web, but I do understand how dangerous tonight. I mean, I do. Yeah. Is, is the proposition of them going to the dark web and being on Yeah, It's it's an app. It already is an issue. It already is a threat. That's my point. It's not going to be a holy shit. Tonight, 15 new, 15 million new. And look, no one, here's the other thing too. No one, I don't think there's been anything reported that Parler's ban is permanent on Google, Apple, and on Amazon. Are you thinking they're going to change that? I mean, it it would be speculation to say that they will or will not. I'm just saying there was never talk that there was a permanent ban, which means that if Parler... Again, it's free free market. It's no no one. The government didn't tell Twitter that he had, they shut down the president of the United States. No one told the government didn't tell the other private companies to take Parler off their platform. That was their own moral standard that they felt it didn't it didn't coincide with the values of that specific company. And they, Thank I think, God that's, Silicon Valley values. And I think that that is well within their rights as well. And which ones? What's yeah. Which 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 right is more important, the free speech the or, the, or the or the right of that of that company to be able to? That's correct. They are private corporations, and that is their right. George Orwell did not foresee. Eric Blair did not foresee private corporations doing the work of the government that he fantasized about that he wrote about. My. This enters very dangerous territory. Yeah, I mean, I just from a from a constitutional perspective, which of those rights is should we value more or takes greater precedent? I mean, think about this. Let's let's say that everybody right of center that is a Trump supporter is one hundred percent wrong. Let's say they are. Cool. Okay. So I tell you what. Let's ban them from every mainstream source from spreading their faux news. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I don't know. All that shit. I'm not on there. Mm -hmm. So where are they going? You think they're going to stop sharing information online, Nate? Yeah. Again, we're talking about the, like, parlor and, and... Yeah, I mean, you haven't heard of. I there's new apps every week. You're not going to stamp this out. So then, I mean, I I think it's a mistake. I hear you. I would I would reinstate Louis Farrakhan to Twitter. I would reinstate at real Donald Trump. I just. I think to go the opposite direction, again, I know you're tired of hearing me say it. I I reintroduced the Streisand effect. You, you're 
creating interest in something amongst younger generations, people coming up. And so, well, you don't see a case there? I, I see it completely. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Bigly. However, I am just saying there certainly are two important uh, stakeholders in the game. And that is, yeah, it's the free speech thing and it's the right to conduct your business. You know, it's kind of like, actually the irony here is the gay cake or the gay, uh, the gay couple wanting a cake, right? That, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, go, go get your cake somewhere else. It's not going to be here. Like, well, I I want my cake here. Like, right. Right. So it's, and this is what, again, these are the sort of equivalencies that the left can make over and over that. Well, look, really I creates that really creates about. really creates a bit of frustration in terms of hold on hold consistency. On hold, hold on. I'm hey. just saying it's 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 a very no, 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 similar no, 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 it's a no. very similar situation. It's what whose whose rights are more important, and is it the right itself, or is it the person? Is it the corporation? Like what? What okay. should we hold to higher? I'm going to shift into neutral for a second. Okay. I am not saying that Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and whoever the hell else don't have the right to ban somebody. I never said that. And I'm not going to say that. Mm. They're private companies. That's their right. Okay. So therefore, yes, I can moral equivalency here say that a private company has the right to not make a cake for a gay wedding. I don't give a damn about either one. My point is in terms of how they feel, Mm -hmm. what their personal views are on either situation. My point here is with regard to the overall pattern is this, for instance, this commission that one of the members of the squad proposed who's going to weigh in on the media. Okay. I'm not going to name the member of the squad, but, oh, we're going to have somebody weigh in on, we're going to have a commission to make sure there's no vile media. Okay. Who's going to chair that commission? You? Who gets this to decide what is offensive? Who gets to decide what is okay? Which one? Omar? Ocasio Cortez? Yeah, but Presley? Uh, in in this case it it wasn't the government, it was private business, right? No, I, I, I get that. The the cake maker, mm-hmm. the butcher, candlestick maker. Okay. Twitter, social media, all of them. Okay, they have the right to do that, is my point. I defend both. So I'm saying I'm not going to get painted into a corner as if I'm anti-gay. I'm not trying to paint you. It, it wasn't. I'm just saying I, it, it got rough. No, it wasn't about being it. That whole argument was nothing about homosexuality. It was about the equivalency of serve, like of delivering a product or wanting a product and someone not giving it to them in the case where 
parlor doesn't match what um, Amazon feels matches its values. And so they're not going to serve that set of values, right? And that's 100% correct. You're absolutely right. That is a private corporation and they have the right to say that parlor or hell, Amazon could tonight, maybe they will ban the Mod State podcast. We just got on there two months ago, but they could do it. You're right. But in these sorts of circumstances, and you're, yeah, you're very, say it's a mistake. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Again, we go to this commission. I'm not going to name the member of the squad because I've defended her on multiple occasions. They proposed a commission on extremist speech. I can send it to you, the link, but I'm not going to say who it is on here because I've made a point. But I'm going, okay, yeah. So who's going to chair that commission? Yeah. Uh, I will take a guess, just a wild swing here and say none of them are going to be right of center. So you get to decide what's offensive. Dangerous business when somebody else comes into power. Wouldn't Look, you say? I think it's. I think I agree with you. I think it's more dangerous for the government to decide what's offensive than a private business to decide what's offensive. I agree with you, hundred percent. So, anyway. We've been gabbing again. I mean, again, there's been so much to talk about, and and, and I you think are tired of me. I'm tired of me, actually. That's that's <laughs> the real that's the real part of it. And, You're tired uh, of us. Um, I'm tired of me. I'm tired of listening to myself talk. Uh, but that is because we 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 were putting something together uh, prior to this, as it was mentioned in the beginning of this podcast episode. So, for those of the, you that stuck in through an hour and fifteen minutes. Kudos to you. I hope that you found it as captivating as I find every one of these conversations. But for those of you spread across the globe, uh, internationally and domestic, we thank you for your listenership, no matter how long you've been listening, even if this is your first episode. Um, so please come back. Um, that's a plea to, to everyone. You're what keep us um, doing it in this type of platform. Um, so as always, my friend, it's an honor and privilege to do this with you week in and week out. So until next time. I punch in high when I step on the stage and get paid when my record is